Would you say that you are always on your best behavior or are there times where you're possibly a little embarrassed about how you've behaved depending on what's going on, right? We all have moments where things come up and um, we can get a little overly emotional. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, this fancy word called triggers, triggers and um, how we how we handle situations that trigger us. So um, it's going to be a fun conversation. This is Nicolette Moore. This is this is coaching show. That's a mouthful, right? This, this is this is coaching show, and I'm here joined today with two amazing coaches, Marquise Navarro and Monica Riva, and we are just coaches on a mission to help the world become more familiar with the coaching industry and the benefit that coaching has for all of us, truly. So on the topic of triggers, um, really triggers come from reaction, being reactive about something. And I want to start by talking to Monica. I've known Monica now for over a year. And Monica, the entire time I've known you, you have been one of the most calm, happy-go-lucky, like you show up, you're smiling, you just seem like nothing gets to you. And so really, I'm putting you on the spot because I want to know what triggers you. I want to know what gets under Monica's skin. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm not prepared for this. I know. (laughs) I was, while you were talking, I was sort of wondering, oh, (laughs) I wonder what I should say about this. Because it's true, yeah, it's not that much that triggers me, but what triggers me is, what triggers me the most is when people talk badly about themselves, how people talk themselves down and say, oh, I'm so stupid, oh, I'm such a fool. So that kind of stuff, that triggers me. That sort of, no, you cannot say that about yourself. You shouldn't say even she should be nicer to yourself and don't don't pull yourself down. That triggers me. People that are sort of begging me, please, 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 that I just cannot stand. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, that is sort of something that sort of will sort of no, be stronger, be be yourself. Don't 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 wipe the floor in front of my feet, basically. Um, but otherwise, there is not much uh, that triggers me at the moment that I can think of. I'll, I'll come back to you if something comes up and I'll, I'll tell you about it. That's funny. The please, please, please thing makes me think of uh, an example I was going to use as my kids. And I'm sure Marquise can definitely relate to this. The mom, 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 mom. <laughs> That triggers me. What about you, Marquise? What are some things that trigger you or or get under your skin? Oh, my goodness. There's so many. Um, Yeah, I guess uh, I have quite a few. You know, the couple of things that really irk me, uh, of course, involve driving. Um, People who don't know how to drive the speed limit and can't realize the on-ramp is for getting up to speed, not slowly merging. Um, you know, road rage is, is a real thing. Not really road rage, but yeah, I can't stand people who can't drive. Uh, you are correct that you understand the constant nagging and bothering by the kids. Um, but my kids have learned 
they get twice at the most. And then they start losing privileges <clears throat> because I've already <laughs> answered it. I'm not going to answer it again, uh, especially if it's even the five minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, things that are just, to me, illogical. Uh, I have a hard time dealing with things that I don't find logical. If it doesn't make sense, I don't think it should be done. And it's hard for me to grasp how anybody could not see how illogical something is, right? And I know that's my own thing. Like, common sense is not so common. So what's logical <laughs> to me may not be logical for them. Um, and I, 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 I get that. But that is definitely a big one. Uh, yeah, I've always been, and maybe it's the, the military in me, because um, they do a lot of the logical shit. Uh, so I spent a lot of years just being annoyed by some of the things that I had to do because I'm like, this doesn't make sense. We're doing it the hardest way possible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my short list. Uh, I'm, I have more. Mm. It's not worth going into. <laughs> <laughs> I know for me, it's a lot. A lot comes to my kids. My kids trigger me a lot just because of the 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 fighting triggers me and the the like some of the things that it kind of goes back to what you're saying, Marquise, about common sense. Some of the things that they ask me about, I'm like, how do you not understand how to do that? (laughs) But then it's like having to try to put myself in their shoes and try to be empathetic. Um, But I had a really interesting situation. We're just coming back from uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. And um, I did some traveling with my family we went to see my, 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 my parents and uh, my sister. And then we did some work. My husband had some road work, right? So I, we had to go to New Orleans and Houston and Corpus before coming back home. And on one of the trips, we were leaving a hotel. I think we were leaving from Houston going to Corpus. And um, we had, <laughs> there was a situation where our, our toilet was leaking And my husband meant to tell the staff, hey, the toilet's leaking, what we were driving off. And he said, oh, man, I need to go back. Right. So we're at this stoplight. And if anybody's familiar with South Texas, South Louisiana kind of environment, it's very they have really deep ditches on sides of the road um, and it rains a lot there. And so, uh, it had been raining while we were out and my husband at this stop sign decides, Hey, I need to go back and tell the staff about this toilet. And so he reverses the car, but then he saw another car coming up to the stop sign. So he pulls over to the side of the road. Now we are not familiar or used to dealing with ditches in San Antonio. There's not really a lot of ditch situations here. (laughs) And, um, my poor husband, he just went a little too far over in the ditch and you could just feel the car start to slide into the ditch. And, um, I was triggered. I was triggered hardcore and it was a scary, like I was terrified. I was scared and I'm holding on to the, the arm, uh, the little arm piece you know, uh, by the window and hanging on to this other thing. And I was just like, (sighs) now I'm pregnant right now. And I had a baby right behind me and we were on the side of the ditch that if the car had fallen into it, we would have been the recipients of the crash. 
And so I was thinking about my baby in my belly, in my womb. And I was thinking about the baby right behind me that's in a five-point harness getting crushed. And so I'm sitting here like terrified and I'm trying so hard to be calm, right? I'm the coach in the house. I'm the coach in the family. I'm the one that's supposed to have like her emotions under control. And I was really struggling. And that was a big trigger for me. Um, We eventually had this amazing savior who came and pulled us out of the ditch. Thank God. Um, If to which I cried for like 30 minutes (laughs) hysterically. But, um, but it was, it was like that, that's a trigger. And I think that that's something that we don't experience, you know, we're not like in life threatening situations very much, but really what, what was really profound for me thinking, you know, looking back on this situation is triggers come up because we have this, um, sense of threat of survival, And so Marquise gets the trigger in the, you know, while he's driving and it's, it's probably less to do with the fact that somebody's driving retardedly more to do with the fact that it's a safety issue. It's like, oh my gosh, this person is putting my life, my family's life, the lives of other people at risk because they're not driving appropriately. Right. But it's like, we don't think of it consciously like that but it's, that's the trigger. That's the, it's a safety issue. And so these are, um, these are fascinating, you know, things that we, we experience. And, um, have y'all really, have y'all thought a whole lot about the safety reaction that we experience? Yes. Um, so given my background, like I, I'm constantly thinking of things that are safe and unsafe. Um, like for instance, you are correct. Like when it's driving, I do I do hate that if a person is in a lane that is meant to be a little bit faster, and they get over doing the same speed they were doing before, so everybody has to pass them on the wrong side. That is an issue to me. Like nobody, you shouldn't have to pass on that side. And while those that do it don't think uh, my anger is appropriate, um, I disagree, and a lot of people do. But when it comes to safety, I do. I am very safety conscious. I hate crowds, um, especially when I'm with my family. Like when I'm by myself, I'm, I'm okay. Crowds don't bother me. I've only got one person to worry about. Um, now, when it's with my family, I've got three people to worry about. Although my wife can handle herself. She's an adult, right? She's been on earth just as long as I have, maybe a little bit longer. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, with, with me, it's... Uh, I have to make sure that everybody's okay. And of course, knowing and having experience with uh, various criminal things, um, it, it does make those triggers worse. Sitting in a restaurant with my back to the door, can't do it. Um, unless the person I'm with, I know for a fact, knows what to do. Mm. And that's not my wife. Like my wife knows I have to sit facing the door so I can see the threat. Um, it's just something I, I've always had to do. Uh, now there's other situations where it's a little overwhelming and I think there are certain factors that make it worse. Honestly, one, uh, how much sleep I had the night before, uh, did I eat, <laughs> you know, there's physiological things and, and mental things that, that come into play. Um, but yes, I, 
I'm constantly thinking about security. Some might think I have PTSD. I don't know. It's never been diagnosed, but it's a thing. And I think, I personally think uh, we all should have that, that sense within us, right? And train ourselves to react differently. Like I, I, try, I calm myself down. I know that when my wife says, hey, we're going to go to the fair, we're going to have an argument for about five minutes because she knows I don't like to go because of crowds. <clears throat> and then she always says the final word, you always have a good time when we go. And I take my deep breath. I walk away, you know, like a frustrated kid. And then I sit on the couch, wait for everybody to get ready, and then we go. And I have a great time, right? So, you know, I've, I've learned to deal with it and uh, get over it, so to speak. But I'm still on guard. That and one time we went to the fair, um, got on a ride. I made my daughter on the ride, and it broke mm. on the ride. Oh, my gosh. So we're stuck up there and my wife is on the ground, like, like, you know, just, yeah, you know, mama bear. Yeah. Me, I'm thinking, how do I get off of this ride and carry my daughter down the side of it? You know, I'm like <laughs> going through everything. It was comical. Not at the time, but afterwards it was hilarious. <laughs> so, so thinking about triggers as a, a, a say a, like it it's a response from our what they call reptilian brain right our amygdala the the tiniest you know the the most um survival driven part of our brain now monica mentioned a trigger being when somebody um what, what was the first one that you had said monica when uh when somebody talks themselves down and say um um stupid me yeah I don't get triggered a lot by I was just thinking I live in a smaller country that might be it. I don't I don't have the issue of of having to control I don't feel that I have the issue that I need to control the door where from where the um, any kind of danger could come. People here drive safely. It's it's of course, I drive a scooter to work, so I know that. Well, sometimes I also see some people that uh, are not really, really confident on the road, and then I mean, it's better to leave them behind and instead of having them in front of you. But except for that, here it's a very, it's a very Switzerland is a very calm place to live. So, so those kind of triggers are not much in my my world. But as I said, people that. Um, talk themselves down and, and don't sort of have, have, a, have a way of seeing themselves uh, that is, uh, is less than what's possible for them, those kind of people. The, the, their, their way of acting triggers me. I almost wonder if the, the, the like amygdala response to that, the survival response to that is because a person in that position isn't someone that's reliable in times of survival. I could be, yeah. I don't know. I know. I will say that, you know, people that talk down about themselves, one thing that I've always tried to live by is the phrase I can't, especially when I had kids. Um, I don't like my kids to use the phrase I can't. Um, and I don't even need them to say I will do it. I just need to say I'm going to try. Um, like, for instance, I coached both their soccer teams. 
And the first rule I lay out for every team is you can, you're not allowed to say I can't. So when I ask you to throw the ball across the field, even though I know they're not big enough to do it, I just need you to have in your mind that you, you can, you might be able to do it. So you're going to try and try your hardest. And, you know, for it works. It, took, it takes a few games for them to stop saying it. Um, but after they stop saying it, it's amazing what happens, right? But I, I do, I hate, 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 hate anybody saying I can't, young or small. And I think the reason is, is because I'm of the thought process that if I can do something, anybody should be able to do it because I'm not uh, like some, I don't know, amazing thing. I'm just an average guy and I'm not asking them to do anything that I wouldn't or couldn't do. Right. So when people say I can't, that told me, that tells me that you've already given up in your brain and that I don't like that. Like it's, that is another, another trigger. It's not a, and they don't realize it's a a negative self-talk. Like, you know, we talked about last time. It just automatically, they're used to going to that way. And I've done it myself. I still catch myself. I'm, you know, human. But when I think about it, I'm like, well, I didn't even try. So I need to quit being a punk and, and at least try. Then I can say, well, I tried. I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? So. Well, so, so triggers are, are things that, you know, we, we get reactionary. We, we react to things. Um, there have been little hints here and there that you guys have mentioned and brought up of ways to kind of deal with it and cope. And so the cool thing, the the cool thing that I hope all of us can come to terms with is that we're all human, just like Marquise just mentioned, you know, we're human. And um, even the best leaders in the world still get triggered, right? Uh, You see it through the presidential elections or the the debates, (laughs) We saw, we saw everybody getting triggered. Um, you know, the, the, the top of the top people, you know, the, the ones that are the, the, um, the best leaders in the world, the, the most renowned humans, you know, they all get triggered too. So we're in good company, right? We're in good company. It's just, it's just what it is. Um, but there are things that we can do to manage our triggers. And uh, Monica and Marquise have both kind of hinted to this already. Um, one of the best things that I've heard and that I've used myself and I don't use enough. It's something that I'm still actively working on to incorporate into my trigger management. <laughs> but um when you feel yourself going into the, the trigger, when you feel things are like, okay, the kid is going mom, 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 or the car is, you know, going in front of you acting like a fool. Um, the best thing to do to kind of help lessen and diminish that amygdala response is to simply force yourself to pause, force yourself to just not react the way that you want to. And it's so hard. It sounds so simple, but it's so hard whenever you go, you're, you're triggered, you know, it's just that instant, you pull the trigger, a gun, sh- a, a bullet shoots, right? I mean, it's, it's, um, it's easy to fall into it. So that's like, to me, step one is just forcing yourself to pause. 
What else would you suggest from the moment that somebody realizes they're being triggered about something? What, you know, they're, they're in the pause state. They're like forcing themselves to calm down. They're forcing themselves to not let that amygdala just take over. What else can somebody do to help kind of diminish the trigger? I know um, for me, typically that I, you do have to force yourself to pause. And I think um, I never labeled it until you just did. Um, but yeah, I stop and I think, uh, is this a logical response to what's going on? Do I, does this warrant the level of emotion that I'm giving it at this point in time? And I'll, uh, you know, it's a split second thought and a split second, you know, thought process followed by a deep breath. And, you know, sometimes it takes more than one. Um, I think there's a rule of thumb that says it's six that resets your entire, you know, state of mind because it drops your heart rate a little bit, <clears throat> lowers your blood pressure, and it, like, fills your brain with, you know, oxygen, which clears out everything. And I'm paraphrasing, and I could be butchering it, but that's basically what happens. So, yeah, take a deep breath or six, and then I go about my business. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, six. I mean, six can't hurt, right? It's only it's only helpful because it's it's creating more of a window between what you're going to do next and what your initial reaction wants to be. Right. Monica, do you have any suggestions? Well, I, when, yeah, breathe, breathe is, is important. Take a deep breath, of course. And uh, sometimes when I get triggered by things people do, not, not things, accidents or, or danger situations, but more if somebody stands there and says, please, 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 like this for me. And I just, I just have to, I'm just thinking to myself sometimes where in my life have I done it myself that makes me feel this trigger now towards this other person? And sometimes just realizing that, yeah, uh, as a child, perhaps I did it, or uh, in certain situations, I might do it. Um, I realize what made me trigger, what triggered the whole thing in me, and uh, I can release it more easily. Hmm. Yeah. One one thing, and I think I've probably mentioned this before, and I wouldn't be surprised because I go to this so often myself, but after pausing, and I like the idea of the six breaths because it kind of almost gives you a mathematical formula. Okay, let me do it six times. Let me breathe before I do anything else. Um, but really putting yourself mentally in a place where you realize this situation that's triggering me is a growth opportunity. And so you can look at it as, hey, this is a gift um, that I'm experiencing right now. And how can I learn from it? How can I grow into a better human because of it? Um, quick tangent side note tip for those of you who struggle with traffic, <laughs> Marquise, this is something that I do. I just I just got to put put this out there because I, I would be I would be upset if I didn't share this. When somebody's driving, the, like acting like a fool in traffic, and mostly the ones that are driving fast, the ones that are just driving way too fast and, and all over the place, I always say to myself, and my husband gets, he gets really triggered in traffic when people uh, drive that way. My kids get freaked out. 
And I always tell them, look, that person just really has to go take a serious crap. (laughs) That person has got to find a toilet. Okay. That is what's going on. And I say that because I had a, um, back when I was 17, 18 years old, I was a hostess at a restaurant and one of my fellow hostesses came into the restaurant one day and she was like, I got pulled over last night and I had to go to the restroom so bad. And the cop came up to me and was like, why are you speeding? And I was like, officer, I've got to go to the restroom. I'm going to crap myself. (laughs) He didn't care. He wrote her a ticket anyway. She had to deal with it. She had to suck it up literally. (laughs) But ever since then, ever since then, when I see somebody driving crazy in traffic, that's what I, that's where I put my brain because it, one, it helps bring comedy into the experience and helps to lower my like reaction. And two, it's just, you never know what's going on in somebody else's car, you know? And so to me, that's like a good, a good way for me to enjoy the crazy experience that is in front of me. That is, that is funny. I have to (laughs) key in on something because one thing I've noticed that the three of us, you know, we didn't talk about this beforehand and we rarely do. We just kind of go for it. Um, and all everything that you guys have mentioned, I believe we all do without talking about it, without even thinking about it. And it's just kind of a, a common thing. And I'm I'm beginning to think that individuals that are more self-aware of their faults, if you will, um, and acknowledge them, they all have the same uh, mind frame, which I find amazing. Um because we all have the same ways of getting over it because we realized, all right, this is not how a civil human being should act or mm-hmm. this is not the reaction we should have. So we find ways and all the same ways, apparently, because I do the same thing. I'm like, well, I don't know if that person's in a hurry. Maybe he does have to take a, a crap uh, <laughs> or, you know, there's an emergency because I've, yeah. I've been in that situation myself. Yeah. And I do ask, have I ever driven like an asshole in the past? Mm-hmm. Therefore, I shouldn't be mad at what this person's doing. Um, you know, so I think it's just very, very, you know, interesting to see that we all have the same MO when it comes to not raging out, if you will. <laughs> no, that's good. And self-awareness, I love that that you brought that up because that is so key to so many different elements of being able to have um, emotional intelligence to being able to, um, grow and mature and develop yourself and your character. You have to have self-awareness in order to even know what things you need to work on. So when you're self-aware about triggers, for example, you know, okay, traffic triggers me. What, what mind games can I play with myself so that I can stay safe? Because when you're triggered, um, and you start becoming reactive, you can put yourself and your family in a more dangerous place because you're just, your brain can kind of trip up. And so um, self-awareness is huge. So thanks for bringing that up. That was awesome. Awesome insight. So um, let's do a quick recap. Triggers happen because it's a really a survival response. We're really, we're just trying to protect ourselves in one way or another And they can come from everything from somebody saying, please, 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 to your car almost being crushed in a ditch, right? There's all sorts of reasons why we can get triggered. Um, And 
there are some really easy ways that we can manage those tr triggers as long as we become self-aware of them. So taking a pause, having six breaths in between the pause and whatever you do next, and just recognizing, hey, this is a growth opportunity. How can I use this for my benefit? How can I use this to grow myself? Those are all excellent ways to start becoming a, a more capable and emotionally intelligent adult or teen or kid, you know, and just able to handle what life throws at you a little bit more effectively. Do either of y'all have any closing comments? Fine. It's, it's, that sounds just, I mean, a nice recap of everything that we just went through. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything to add other than one I thought of is, you know, now that I've got kids, the, the reactions definitely have to be different. And then they, they do make me think more, uh, before I re respond. And sometimes it doesn't work, you know, um, my kids have seen me at my worst and my best, and I try to make sure they see me at my best and more than mm. the worst. Um, but that is definitely something I take into account. What would I want to have my kids see? You know what I mean? So yeah, that's modeling. That's a good, that's a good motivator too, is modeling how to handle situations appropriately. Um, and I think about that too with my kids, because oh my gosh. Yeah, Being a parent right. can be really challenging. Very yeah. challenging. Yes, yeah, true. But I, I, I'm a completely different person now than I was before children as well. So yeah, you grow with your children and you become a more, I don't know, calm person that uh, respond. <laughs> no, <laughs> not always. You try to be. I don't, I don't, well, well, I'm just thinking in general, are all parents, by the time the kids leave home, more calm and more well-rounded? Probably no. not, not, especially if they're not self-aware and if they're not actively working on their triggers or their personal growth. Um, unfortunately, I know too many people that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. That just seem like they haven't grown past 15 years of age. Like mature, you know, the maturity is just not there because they haven't, they haven't even thought that they needed to grow. Oh, that's so sad though, because I mean, it's, you could have been having such a better life with yourself. I, I would think if, if you were had, had more maturity. A hundred percent. I completely agree with that. Yeah. So it's worth it. It's worth it to take the time to work on your triggers and to um, develop that self-awareness. And so one of the things that is at, available to all of us in order to facilitate that growth and that awareness is coaching, right? This is, we're, we're coming together. We're talking about tools that we use for ourselves, but this is also something that we would a hundred percent share with any clients that we have. And coaching as you know, is just such a gift, right? And so um, I love coaching in the sense that we've, we've all had people that we work with over an extended period of time and we can see their patterns. We can see when somebody is self-sabotaging, right? Talking down about themselves constantly. It's like, hey, you're not, 
you're not going to find the success and the joy in your life if you're going to continue to do this. You know, so the accountability, the insight that you get from working with a coach is just phenomenal. So I encourage any of you that are listening to reach out, find a coach that works for you, um, that you can grow with so that you can become a more well-rounded person that you're not going into your seventies and eighties, still the mental, emotionally mental age of a 15 year old, right? We don't want that. We don't want that. And for any of you out there listening and want to, uh, you know, communicate with us, you can always find us at this is coaching show at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, answer any questions that you have. Um, We'd even be happy to have you on to coach you if you'd like to. So just reach out to us and let us know. Any closing comments? Are we good? Are we complete? I think we've summed it up pretty good. Awesome. Okay. Well, until next time, this is Nicolette Moore with Marquise Navarro and Monica Riva, and we'll see you next time.